Hey, we all want to be full, full of the things that we love, full of the things that we enjoy, full on life. But here's the thing, though. Sometimes you can be full and malnourished at the same time. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Yellow Chair Podcast with X, where we deep dive into the stories that drive our lives. One of my clients was interviewing a, uh, I believe he was a clinical psychologist. I I can't attribute his name right now, but he said something interesting when we were reviewing the video. He said, you know, it's kind of like eating celery. Like you can be full. You can eat as much celery as you want to where you can't eat another bite. But afterwards, and if you continue to do it, you'll be malnourished. But you'll never know because you will be full. And it got me to thinking like, damn, that's a that's a metaphor for life. If I've ever heard one, because I believe many of us, myself included, we are always out there looking to bring things into our life. Oh, I want some of that. Oh, yeah. Give me some of that, too. Ooh-wee. I want some of that one. Give it to me. And we consume and we consume and we bring all these things into our life. And I don't know if you feel it. But I talk to many people about it. We feel crowded. We feel like we're carrying so much. We feel like everywhere we look, there's something to do, to consider, to think about, to to, to weigh, to measure. In other words, we are full. Full. Full sensory overload. 24-7, 365 being bombarded with it all. And of course, we are playing our part welcoming it, right? Asking for it, hoarding all of this stuff into our life. But when we reflect, looking at the metaphor deeply around the things that matter most to us, the values, the thing that at the end of the day, when we are laying on death's door, clinging to life, what will we hope for? What will we want? How will we feel about a life of accumulation, of being full of all of these things that we weighed and measured, considered, and gave grand importance to? How will we feel? And you've heard it. I've heard it. We know it. The things that matter most will not be the things that we gave our energy, our effort, and our hearts to. So why do we insist on being so full and malnourished at the same time. I think it comes down to the idea of not truly understanding or connecting to, rather, the story, the values, the things that fulfill us at the end of the day. We don't understand it. We don't play in that sandbox. We touch it from time to time. We visit every now and again, but we don't make it the space that we play. We don't make it a habit, a routine, a part of our everyday life where we say to ourselves, hey, this is what matters most to me. This is what I stand for. This is what I'm aiming at. This is what full really means to me. It's a simple notion, but the busyness of accumulation and consumption, I think, can dull our senses take us away from this very critical and crucial activity of giving our intention to our attention. 
Because as I said before, we don't have to, we don't have to try. We don't have to work too hard to give our attention. Everyone says, I need to learn how to focus. I need to learn how to pay attention. No, you don't. Your mind is a marvelous machine that pays attention to everything. 24-7, 365, even when you're sleeping, it's dreaming, clinging to activity, clinging to a vision, trying to figure out a way to not turn off, to pursue its mandate fully and wholly. Attention is given and paid all day, every day. But intention is something else. And I think that idea of being full and not malnourished, but something that feeds the very essence of who we are, our soul, our deepest desires, the things that matter, our value, our why, our what, it comes down to, and I want to simplify it in terms that even I can, can, can put into practice because I can talk about it all day. Oh, believe me, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm preaching to myself as much as I am to you right now. It simply comes down to the routine of getting clear around our intentions. So that when we consume, we're not consuming empty calories. Because so many of us, and myself included, so much of our lives is given over to this idea. And I know I'm I'm beating the same damn horse and it feels like it's dead, but it's, it's real. It's just that we are full, but malnourished, full, but empty. I tell my kids this all the time. We're so inundated with the idea of consumption, right? We consume, we consume, we consume, we consume, we consume, we consume, we consume some more on our phones. Consume, 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 consume. Refrigerator full of food. We're blessed to have it, but we consume, we consume, we consume, we consume. All right, garage full to the brim of shit. We consume, we consume, we consume, we consume. But how much of that consumption is turning into creation? Did you need that stuff today that you fought for in your life? And how did it add value? A simple idea. We're full, but malnourished. So I want to leave you with this, this thought. Here it is. The solution is simple. It's developing the routine and the habitual pattern of sitting down and becoming intentional to direct your mind, to give it intention so that the attention that you readily give is given to the things that matter most. And I promise you that this habit, though we can't pursue it perfectly, can transform the landscape of your life I've seen it time and time and time and time again in my own life. When I sit my ass down and I get intentional and then I develop the habits and the routines that allow that intention to be put forward in a consistent way, stuff happens. And then when I turn that intention of consistency on a daily habit, a daily routine, a daily activity of thinking, feeling and doing into some form of intensity, oh my transformation station, whether it's trying to transform my body, my relationship, my business, my faith, everything. You know, when I started with meditation, I'll give you this in terms of one area of my life that transformed. When I started with meditating about 22 years ago, I didn't do it consistently, not at all, not even the least bit. But 
right after my daughter was born and just before my son was born, I was going through some, some hell of high trauma, questioning myself. Why was I here? What was I doing? You know, having these, this, this ego battle in my head, my wife and I, you know, on the, on the brink of some, you know, go your way, I go my way. But I started meditating. And it wasn't this like try it thing. I was like, no, fuck that. I'm about to do it every day. I was doing it every day, religiously. Every day, every day, every day, 10 minutes, every day, every day, every day. And then from time to time, I talk about it on this podcast all the time. Routines are the bedrock, but you also need the ritualistic intensity that you bring in from time to time. So on Sundays, I would do my marathon 60 to 90 minutes. Then eventually, because I was doing that, my routine daily ability to hold my mind steady with intention around overcoming my deepest fears, pain and trauma, trying to really understand what it is to live a full life, to be the man that I've been called on to be. That 10 minutes that I struggled with became 20, became 30, became 45, became an hour to a point where I was literally meditating 90 minutes a day. And then that stretches four, five, six hours a day. And during the winter solstice, 12, 14 hours a day, locking myself away for three to four or five days at a time by myself, going into this deep, deep ritualistic space. And I can tell you without hyperbole, the activity, that consistency and intention and routine did to my life, it transformed it. I became a better man. I became more in tune and more in control of my emotions. I became a better father. I became a better husband. I became a better businessman. Every area of my life was elevated. And I could give the credit to meditation, but I, I think meditation as a vehicle is one of the most pound for pound, most powerful things you can do. But what I'm trying to drive home here is that it was the idea of routine, consistency, intentionality that then allowed me to then focus that into hardcore, ritualistic, intense moments that I wasn't holding all the time. But as I tell you, routines, rituals and reinforcement protocols, these are the things that success, happiness and fulfillment are built on foundational principle, true and true, regardless of where you are in your life. So if you find yourself full, full to the brim with more concerns than ever, but still feeling empty, what would it mean for you to pull something into your life that actually fed your soul, fed your being? And how could you develop a routine around it? Because believe me, it won't be a perfect a process, a perfect unfolding at first. It won't be, but we want it to be, right? We pulled it in, we're consuming it. We want it to be perfect, but it doesn't work that way. We have to dedicate ourselves intentionally to the process unfolding of just being okay with consistency. Small bites every day, building that muscle routinely. And as we get the habit of that, doing it with ritualistic intensity, to edify our emotional need for something that moves us, 
like I talk about, like consistency is hard. Routine is hard. It doesn't feel like you're doing anything per se. So you got to have that intensity fix where you go in all in, all out and you feel it. I guess what I'm trying to say is <laughs> that hit me, that metaphor, celery all day full, but malnourished. So I want to challenge you to bring something into your life that actually feeds you a story that actually, as you write your next chapter, it's not fluff. It's not filler pages. It's not something you can look back on and say, ah, I don't even remember. I don't even know where I was or what I did. Because I believe that when you have intentionality and you're purposely bringing things into your life that feed you, your values, your soul, your calling, your mission, your vision, the whole nine, it, it changes things. It changes things. But how do you do that? Intentionality. Develop some good routines. Develop a ritual where you can get intense for a moment, right? To expand your horizons. And then last but not least, have some reinforcement protocols of when you slip, you can have something to pull you out of your, your downward spiral to stop the skid and get you back on track. Less consuming, more creating. Less bringing in empty stuff and more attracting the things that feed every part of our being. This is how we lead our story. This is how we lead our story. I'm X and I'm out. Hey fam, thanks again for joining me in the yellow chair. I want to invite you to go even deeper to take this to the next level by pulling out your phone and texting me at 800-425-2095. That's 800-425-2095. That's my direct number. Type in the word yellow chair. And when you text me, you'll be joining my X Factor weekly insider community where I send out resources to help you to continue to storify your life and to lead your story. So don't miss that opportunity. 800-425-2095. Thanks again for joining me here in the yellow chair. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share these podcasts. We're trying to change 100 million people's lives and you're a part of that. So thank you again. And I see you in the next yellow chair. I'm out.